revision.io. All right. I'm Dennis and I have the pleasure to host this fishbowl discussion on relationships in the digital era. To give you a quick start, um, why we're sitting here like this in, in two, two rounds, two layers. Basically, a fishbowl discussion is a very interactive format. So um, it gets better the more people contribute and we will have this one mic and everyone is invited to take place in one of the four chairs here um, if, if you want to contribute and then we will basically uh, move the microphone around. So the topic today is digitalization impacts every aspect and stage of relationships. And while we've been never more connected, some argue that we are more lonely than ever. And in order to cope with today's um, general topic, how um, do we reach a more human-centric and purpose-driven society, I would like to ask how we can use technology to create a more meaningful and satisfying relationships. To paint a rather dark picture um, at the beginning, when the smartphone penetration hit 50% worldwide, teenagers stopped hanging less often or did hang out less often with their friends. They started to date less. They have less sex. They felt more alone and more depressed. On the other side, more than 60% say technology doesn't affect their relationship. But just if you think about your relationships, have you ever felt more connected to someone when you were texting with someone? Did you ever have a strong argument, a fight over text? Or did you, um, did you even, um, when you were discussing some serious topic, use your phone and were distracted by some form of technology rather than connecting, connecting to, your, to your partner? Technology really affects every stage of relationships from the start, the attracting. Right now, Tinder created more than 11 billion matches worldwide. That's two times more than we have a population on, on this planet. Up to terminating a relationship. If you're dating someone under 30, it's likely over 50% that the breakup will come through text and not through personal, um, personal um, coming together. So how can, we, how can we tackle that? How can we move to a more human-centric way in using technology in 
<laughs> how can we how can we be more human while using technology um, in relationships? That's the question. So I invite you to to give your feedback. How's your feeling? How how can we how can we cope with that? How can we tackle that? Anyone has a say? So the question is, how how can we use technology to create more meaningful and satisfying relationships rather than having technology some kind of like, yeah. Well, I am, my name is Marcelo. I am a content creator and a marketer specialized in social media and influencer market. And I think that the answer to this, um, especially with the young um, generation, is just to try to create communities where they can find themselves a little bit um, with the same interests rather than just being online, seeing that everybody has a better life than them because everything is fake on the internet. And well, I think it's more about creating communities and, cre and, and uniting people through um, common interests rather than just senseless um, promotion. That is what is happening so much right now, at least in what I see. Yes, hello, my name is Jan. Um, my point of view is that I feel like in a, a personal relationship with a friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, but as well as with friends, the most important part is definitely the, the personal interaction. And there's no, that, I don't think that can be um, um, substituted by, by uh, technology. Technology can only um, serve as a, as a means to, to promote those personal relationships. And this is this is how it should be used, and I, I agree with you, Marcellus, that um, we ha have to provide spaces for for interaction, probably as well online as well as in, in the personal relationships. Um, but the the online interaction has to be will probably serve a different means than the uh, than the personal relationships. It might, can be more like a, just a sharing of information but not like what we understand as a real personal um, relationship. Um, I mean, I, I want to say that I think I, I agree with this idea of creating connections across interest groups, etc. But I would argue that the, the, the connections don't need to be made across groups, but because we can leverage technology to find several connections across very specific things. So, With this friend, I share links on these topics. With this friend, I share media on these topics and across these different forums, be it WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And I think that actually allows us to find new different ways to connect with one another. And then I would question this idea about personal connections, the technology, because I think, and I'm, I'm not an anthropologist or sociologist, but a lot of what we think of as the way relationships should be is quite new. And a lot of things perhaps came as a result of industrialization and people coming closer together in urban environments that we now think of as the way people naturally behave. 
I read an article the other day that talked about how chairs are super new. Like, there are no chair. There's a, virtually no chairs in Hamlet. Um, sorry, in Shakespeare, no chairs in um, in Asian Greek stories. But then suddenly, around the 16th, 17th century, chairs started being everywhere. So chairs are extremely new in human civilization. But we now have them all the time. I think about them, and you wouldn't imagine a room or your house without any chairs. So I think that we need to consider what actually maybe maybe in a certain way technology is helping us to be more as we actually naturally would be, and we should consider what we are missing if we're really missing it, and also consider if there are things that this technology gives us that we allows us to better interact, more naturally interact in a way that's more consistent with how we actually are. So I actually, uh, this is weird to hear yourself talk after you say that. I actually agree with most of what has been said. And I think that is just, you know, technology is like the monster that we deem it to be. But we just have a learning curve. And when you look at from a sociological point of view, it takes like a century to actually maybe acknowledge, oh, there's a chair. Or like maybe acknowledge that, okay, we can actually have a meaningful relationship via texting but since uh, we don't really know yet it is creating a lot of confusion and we don't know if it's real or not but as long as the humans search for to be you know understood to be seen to be heard it it exists I think it's gonna the mediums will change as we have today like be it tinder be it whatsapp be it whatever it is but uh, the, as long as the search is the same, we're, we're going to try to find what actually substitutes for the, what, we, you know, what we know from the face-to-face relationship. It's always going to exist, but I think we're going to multiply the ways that we are actually interacting with each other. And it does not necessarily devalue of the content of that relationship. I think right now most of us have that kind of a feeling that, oh my God, we're just texting. Does it even mean anything kind of a phase? I mean... At least I've been there. But at some point, maybe in like 30, 40 years, we're going to actually know uh, how to evaluate these kind of relationships. That's my thinking. Maybe not now. Maybe there's not really. <laughs> maybe not in the next five years. But I think there's going to be a social norm then, even though social norms are always open to be you know, criticized as well. So just to challenge that um, a little bit, um, thinking 20, 30, 40 years into the future and also what we're hearing here, um, the rise of artificial intelligence, if we just think of her, how do we get there that we value human interactions more than constant affirmation from technology? like? How, how do we get there if we are right now already start to struggle and yeah see um, technology as a rather easy way to connect and a less weird way to connect and um, with all the possibilities that we have outside we can swipe to the um, right all the time just if we don't like one one message so how, how do we get there how, how can we how, we, how can we get there um, hi <laughs> I first of all I want to maybe comment quickly on this context that we have here because for me it's really interesting to see I'm uh, working as a theater director so 
I'm all the time concerned with presence <laughs> and with uh, people being in one space at the same time. So what we're doing here is for me already really interesting in, this, in the sense of digitalization or maybe not yet digitalization, but technologicalization because we are not, uh, we are not like in a condensed space, like speaking to each other directly, but we have these kind of devices uh, on our heads and we have this microphone we speak through. And I think this already changes something, but it serves a certain purpose. So the question for me is like, what is the purpose of the direct relationship? What is the purpose of the of the uh, relationship that is uh, via digitalization or technology? Um, and I want to connect with what you said. Um, yeah, like what what uh, what is the need of having it or how can it enrich our lives like maybe not to come back to a status where we were 40 years ago or 100 years ago where we only could meet uh, I don't know our neighbors um, I think uh, I'd like to think about it maybe a bit more connected to what we are already in in the, the real world like if you think of um, of the avatar as some kind of additional mask you have or some kind of additional body you have but that is interacting in the digital world I think when we are interacting with other people we constantly wear social masks so um, there but of course like there is also a status that can be a raw which is probably what you mean like how can we maybe be a raw in the future how can we reach a point where we where we actually can maybe also like put away the masks and go to the core uh, and connect uh, in this raw way, but I think um, maybe it's it's about like seeing this avatar as a as a very much connected to our bodies and to our social behavior, um, but to realize it is a mask. So we uh, we will meet the other as a as as a prosthesis or as a mask or however we want to think about it. So I think. Um, for me, it's in a way very much connected to how we how we want to use it and what we are looking for. Like, it's not about how uh, how can I make sure that I meet people in a real way, but why do I want to meet the people in a real way? And I think uh, the digitalization is is asking this question in a very new way, and I think this is very important also. And and uh, and how how we relate to our own bodies and our bodily um, presence together in a room. I don't know if it made sense. It was a bit made. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, thank you for all of those contributions. I just wanted to sort of reflect a little bit on them and especially on what the last speaker said. So I suppose I, I work as a philosopher and I suppose that's sort of my viewpoint on this question. And there are two kind of positions you can take with regard to avatars and the possibilities that these sorts of new technologies have to offer. I mean, one position is that we seem to dissemble or cover what is real about ourselves, relationships in the raw, who we really are. The other position is more sympathetic. It more sort of emphasizes how these sorts of technologies can facilitate new ways of being together, new different uh, different sorts of currencies that we can use to exchange and connect with one another. And I suppose I'm something in the middle. I think that um, when you have a new technology and a different sort of framework for it to be used under, it takes a long time for it to mature. And if we think about something like letter writing or 
chair sitting um, or whatever you might uh, like to pick of any cultural artifact, it takes for a long time for this practice to instantiate itself in our culture and to become a thing that we're going to recognise and we're going to refine and make it work for us. So I suppose I adopt quite a positive view of some of these technological innovations, but I think they're very raw. They're just at the first wave of development. And as our discussion continues this afternoon, I would just urge us to um, you know, think about the positive side of technology, what it offers us, uh, as well as the negative things. I think the negative things are often overemphasized, perhaps, or um, it's, it's the obvious thing, because a lot of this technology is in a very bad state at the moment. It's just the first wave uh, and it's just coming at us. So we need to refine it and improve it. Hi, my name is Natasha. I still belong to the generation that was privileged to write letters. And um, I don't miss this experience. I think it was great. I learned that a lot of relationships that are based only on trying to get people online and that I can see with my kids or with some other people surrounding me, um, it is a lot better to talk to a person because you can understand more, you can ask questions. And you do not necessarily need to interpret what has been written. Because sometimes you don't know why certain things were written. Someone was in a hurry or someone was getting a call. And there's a lot of misinterpretation in terms of this uh, personal relationship. Um, that's just to cover the comment of news saying that, you know, interest groups, I think that that's a good thing. As long as we don't have any platforms that try to get profit out of it because then uh, we suddenly find platforms that try to impose opinions of certain companies that are paying for those platforms uh, and uh, you can see that um, opinions can be formed very quickly and what we've already is you know we, we had this experience with Facebook as an example um, for me it was obviously from the very beginning that is a very manipulative instrument but it took people some time to understand why it, it is this. But I do believe that technology has some positive impacts. And if I think about robotics, for example, you know, we have a lot of old people who are very alone. No one comes to see them. And if we go to Japan, we can already see those little pets. And those are sort of substitutes for human beings to uh, provide positive emotions, which is very helpful. I do believe that um, <clears throat> this direction is can be helpful also for kids uh, to get a friend that helps to, to learn new stuff, maybe to read a book if parents cannot do that. Um, so I, I think something that is used in education, um, something that is used in... Um, okay, let, let's concentrate on education. It's incredible what we can get. And then education can also bring people together and can build a relationship based on this educational aspect. So, yes, I think uh, relationship is not relationship because, you know, when, we're, when I saw this uh, remark, you know, this workshop on relationship, first thing I was thinking, men and women, so how do they get together? The poor 30-year-olds, they, they don't get anyone anymore because we would go dance or we would do something. And just in front of a computer, you cannot do that. But maybe it's just an old point of view. And it's not about men and women. If we go to different cultures, sometimes, you know, um, 
the cultures think differently. It's not a family that is responsible for the kid. It's the whole village that is responsible for the kid. So um, I agree with this argument about chairs being there and not there. I, I do see that we also have different cultures with different chairs or different relationships. So maybe it's just a question of, first of all, identifying what are the, the positive things in raising the emotional aspects of the people being connected. And uh, that could be the way to, to see it in a positive way. Okay, so it was too much. I <laughs> Thank you for that. I also like write letters and I don't consider myself necessarily old. Uh, there's just one comment about what you were referring to as being positive. I think the most positive thing about Tinder, or that would be about Tinder if that existed, although that would be against the, the revenue model of Tinder probably, is to set a time limit through which you could chat, and afterwards that would push you to go and actually meet the person. Because we don't use all our senses when we have a screen in front of us, and I very like much to challenge the comfort zone. Um, building communities, I also have one little bemol on that, which would be, yes, but, but you're, you're, you're also constraining your, your potential. Um, if, it's very, very easy to have, again, to build a comfort zone and say like, you know, um, this happens a lot in the US, the black community, the gay community, the Hispanic community, etc. And, and it works, it, it creates a very like sort of happy um, feeling, but then it also limits you a bit to, to who else you could encounter outside of that community. Maybe technology could help in that. I think the question would be how to find a, um, a meeting point between some kind of a business model that would also have people leave that technology for a while and go and meet others. Um, not necessarily for dating, it could be for, for friendship, it could be for a coffee, it could be for anything like that. I think it, it, it could happen, but as long as you're hiding behind a screen, to put it in a in a in a in the other end of the spectrum, you're too much into the comfort zone. It's it's very easy to to, to just not not take the not take the initiative, not take that step. People did used to meet before as well. It's it's just that if you're in a small village with only three or four people, you would sort of force yourself yourself to talk to the neighbor, and after a while, the neighbor grows on you. It had its disadvantages. I'm not saying it was better before and worse now. I think on the contrary. But it's very easy right now to just say like, you know, swipe, there, there's, there's going to be another person, that's fine. And you end up, I promise you, being alone for a very long time because you keep thinking that there's another person coming along. So where does that meet? Hey, thanks so much, Osman. Um, yeah, I've got a few things to say about that. Um, I think the temptation can be to ask social technology to do too much, to put too much emphasis on it. And I think I really like your suggestion of saying, well, maybe after so many swipes, you have to go and meet the person or just not swipe on them again or however it works. But in some ways, I think the real danger is not with the technology itself. It's that we, we are tempted to neglect our other social institutions. Now, if we look at the queer community, uh, something that actually the internet has been very good for in so many different ways. You have all of these disparate individuals who were, you know, scattered across the social fabric, are able to connect and, and resonate with one another to find each other. Um, how has that actually played out? Now, one great complaint amongst members of the queer community, they'll complain to, to me, is that, the, uh, is that bars, 
that they would traditionally meet at are no longer um, actually uh, available because they've closed down because people are meeting on on apps which which cater for for these these groups now the problem with that is there's something very sad it's a kind of fragmentation and atomization of the social fabric because you only go uh, onto one of these apps with a very narrow particular interest in mind which actually prevents you from kind of reaching out and broadening and just encountering and bumping into uh, all sorts of other people that you might not um, initially be attracted to i think often as human beings we, we're not really very much aware of what our desires are and we have very strong views about what our desires are and then actually as it plays out we need just need to experiment a bit more and we can broaden the horizons very quickly hi me again um i wanted to I have two responses i wanted to push back on this idea of the need to broaden our horizons and challenge ourselves which is to say i mean i mean i obviously think that it's good to challenge yourself and broaden your horizon but i'm uncomfortable saying that that is a thing all people need to do what needs to be true is that people are comfortable and like happy in their lives and which is to say this is as far as I'm willing to go as far as you're willing to go if that's as far that's great as long as I'm not bothered that that's as far as you're willing to go and vice versa so if, if I'm willing to meet a lot of people and learn a lot of things that's great if I'm not that's great but the, the conflict comes when I say my way is the way you should be or vice versa so I think that we need to like there's a question about whether or not people should as a necessity challenge themselves but separate from that I think there's a through thread through the question of um, how do we use this technology? What is what does the next 30 or 40 years look like? Um, how do we connect, et cetera, which is to say, I think that a lot of our technology is super, but it's it has all these negative consequences because we are not, we haven't really solved these sort of human problems yet, right? So thinking about others as not being different. So I think that if we were to, if we, focus on maintaining or at least working towards building the idea that we are all together in this that we are all connected and part of the same team i think that will do a lot of the work to prevent technology from being this thing that just destroys humanity and uh, while also still somehow moving things forward and i do think i, mean, I used to watch a lot of star trek as a child and i think that there is we have an idea what the future with this super technology looks like because in Star Trek and in lots of other futuristic shows they have extremely fantastic technology but no one's really using devices no one's looking into a phone or into a screen like the technology just happens to be there so somehow people are able to interact sit have tea go to dinner go out together but still have what is effectively a super cool Siri right at their fingertips even though again no devices but in that future they've also solved problems of like you know food and hung the like hunger and shelter etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think we do know what the future looks like where we have technology and also human um um appreciation for one another and i think if we can sort of maintain the idea that that is what we want connection and equality that will help to make sure we use the technologies in a way that is supportive of those goals thanks um so pretty much what you were talking about um i feel like technology these days i would like to go well, like one step forward after people let's say meet on tinder and like we broke that like we broke that wall people met in real life and 
everything goes well and people build relationships that's supposed to last long and are and supposed to get deeper and deeper. I feel like technology these days is um, encouraging us to have multiple very shallow relationships with people. We're encouraged to go out there, meet others, be active in a lot of networks. And this is actually what you were mentioning, like this enforcing people to build new connections in a way. But I would be actually curious to hear um, what to do with these actual relations that we already have and how to deepen them using the technology because that's a new reality we are in. It's not only about meeting new people, it's about building, like being in a relationship with those people around us that, for example, I know our partners who live together, our parents that maybe are far away, that makes it easier, like Skype and stuff like this. But how we can use the advantage of it to actually have more time for each other and getting closer. That was just a question, so I can go. <laughs> so I would kind of challenge that because I think we can just replace technology word there with like money. Oh, if you have a, a lot of money and then it creates a lot of opportunities and then you have shallow relationships. I'm just like doing this broadly, but like it just depends how you use it, how you choose to use it. And if you are a human being who's looking for just spicing things up or like just playing around, then you're going to find a way to do that. Yeah, technology enables that. So your relationships can become a lot looser, a lot fast. But I think it depends on the how that human being is actually what that person is searching for and what that person wants to achieve. Yeah, technology is kind of now making it super easy to meet a lot of people. That's a fact. I'm not denying that. But at the end of the day, that's a network effect also. Like if you're, if there weren't any people using that, there wouldn't be actually demand and supply actually depends on the user. So Tinder is not putting their, you know, we have our employees just swiping right all the time. So it depends on the network effect and it depends on the demand in the you know, public. That's I just wanted to put it out there. To comment on this one second though, like what about the dopamine that's released when you get your match? I think that has a lot of forms in normal face-to-face -face interaction as well. Like maybe cat calling gives you a pump. <laughs> or maybe something else. I mean, it's yeah, there's an affirmative thing that Dennis mentioned earlier, but you want to say something real bad, so I'm just going to give Thank you. Yeah, well, I did want to just question this idea that the supply and the demand thing. So that's often said, well, if there's not a demand for it, then there wouldn't be a supply for it. But actually, the thing with technology is it often creates demands. So there wasn't a demand there, but actually the technology, because we can do something, then we actually want to do it. So we can, we're creating desire. So I do think there's a sort of flip side to this, which desire is something that we're socially all connected, we're all doing together. We're collectively arranging what our future possible desires could be. So we have to be careful with this stuff, but also I do, I am optimistic about the possibility to um, collectively agree on the sorts of desires that would be permissible and would not be. And there are obvious examples of, you know, desires that we could create, which wouldn't be uh, advantageous for anybody. Coming back to your comment on dopamine, I mean, we shouldn't forget that Tinder is a business. 
and their interest is not building relationships outside of Tinder, but having users online on Tinder as long as possible and letting them spend money on Tinder. And coming back to your comment on communities, there is now a Tinder for farmers, for feminists, for Trump voters. Like there is a Tinder basically for every community um, where people that don't want to challenge themselves find the right partner for themselves. I personally um, want to want to challenge if what we think is a relationship is really the relationship that we are all striving for. I mean, romantic relationships that end up being in a lifelong marriage is also a fairly new model. And could it could it be that technology now enables us? to live different kind of relationships and should we rather think about like how can we deal with that instead of um, having that Disney picture of a relationship and um, strive for that and let technology let us mo be more human with all of laws that are not in the end a perfect relationship. Any thoughts on that? I don't want to hijack, but I'm just going to make one comment about marriage. These, All of these things are socially constructed. So, yeah, we can construct a new reality. So I'm just going to give this away to someone who wants to speak on this. Also, very quickly, I disbelieve in marriage. I'm very sorry if I offend anybody. But this does not negate the fact that having a partner that witnesses a good chunk of your life is something that also kicks dopamine in every now and then. You could fall out of sexual passion or whatever you wish, but still, that, that relationship, I think, is not constructed. Before marriage, peasants in the 13th century still had long, lifelong, if you wish, whatever relationship. So... Uh, hi, I'd like to comment on um, actually about your thing about marriage. Um, well, obviously all those things are socially constructed, um, but so is like a, a possible new relationship that formed on the internet. Um, I think what really lies at the ground here is like having the um, understanding of a of something like a relationship that's more human and gives us more of what we actually want and. I don't really know what are those like those values or those um, um, feelings that are created in such a real uh, relationship, but we should think about maybe it's the feeling when you talk to someone. But we should think about if there's like a technology that could like translate those feelings to us instead of like giving more and more information or giving more diversity or whatever you want, but like rather like yeah, look at what, what we really need and. Um, I believe this is um, belongs a lot, like looking at within yourselves where technology can help, but not like as a communication tool. And yeah, yeah, this is kind of a like maybe some someone who's in this group here has an idea of um, of um, what's the most important part of a relationship and how a technology can actually influence that instead of like aiming for new relationship models. Um, just to put it out, outside, like, 
Do you guys feel that back in the days, before Tinder, before social media was so big, you had more meaningful relationships for yourself or around you, that people were happier or sadder or anything, rather than just now being online? I don't think it changed it, even though sometimes I feel that people have this, oh my God, in the past was so bad. No, it wasn't. I mean... Yeah, before, like, my grandmother was um, married until she died. But that does mean that she was happy. No. But, you know, like, when I was growing up, there was way more divorce than when my mom was growing up. And probably there would be more divorce than, you know, like, people are not. And I think technology just enables you to find... Um, pathways for you to get out of your misery of the whatever situation on that you have right now. It can be romantic or it can be friendship. Anybody? Oh, okay. Okay, bye. I'll answer to your question. I think that technology like Tinder and other dating apps are really enabling people to get out of the traditional models and it did become more um, not so deep, not so connected and people maybe don't try to put too much effort into their relationships because if something doesn't work out, it's okay, you can separate and in a couple of swipes you will get another date and maybe something will work out better in the next relationship. So losing a partner, it's not so scary anymore, both for women and men. They know it's much easier finding a new partner with this new technology. And it's kind of emancipating. Uh, we talk about emancipation in the context of women usually, but here in this case, it's rather more for the men. Um, and I think it became more socially accepted to jet today just to have uh, fun, not to form a family, not to have a deep relationship, today just to have sex and be satisfied. And it's becoming more and more acceptable from both sides, as I'm understanding. Okay, there are several comments yes, on, the, on the discussion. Um, so to answer your last comment, uh, you know, I have an impression that uh, we create a sort of sales uh, type of approach that, you know, I go online and I know that if I don't get it now, I can, I can get it tomorrow and maybe cheaper and maybe better. And there's this permanent understanding of all those ambiguous opportunities. And that is not helpful to really try to work on your own personality because relationship for me, it's not a classical marriage. It's not having kids. It's just being able to spend time with someone, respect this person, and maybe grow together. And that includes empathy, and empathy is not something that can be reached through technology. So, I mean, if we really try to talk about relationship in this circle as a, you know, relationship, as two people spending time together, um, look, we had 70s with hippies. They, you know, also tried something. Then we had different generations trying to get more conservative. Yes, there's a lot of social impact because you pay less taxes if you're married or you can inherit more. Or, um, there are a lot of tools on how to cement certain um, things. But I do believe that, um, you know, this um, 
personal development aspect is something that is really human and we should probably try to stick to that. Now I forgot my last remark. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good one. So, and then this discussion about having girlfriend, not having girlfriend. Um, I met a blogger the other day. She's doing um, reports on sex and obviously about, you know, online sex and virtual sex, whatever is possible. And we had a discussion on the startup in California that is producing dolls, but very high quality dolls. So the basic model starts with 35,000 and then you can create a lot of additional options, uh, ending up with something in the range of $250,000 with different technologies integrated, of course. And interestingly enough, those dolls are being bought not only for sexual pleasure, they're now treated by a lot of people or a lot of consumers as a partner that is sitting next to the person, watching a movie, there's popcorn, you can talk. So this em empathy and the communication aspect, it's still very human. And I strongly hope that uh, we have an opportunity to continue using this in our lives. So we have um, 10 more minutes. Um, coming back to, to your point, um, like with technology, these dolls now cost $250,000. 10 years from now, they will be quite affordable, right? And they will, will be intelligent. Like, how do humans compete with that? And they will also cook and iron and do all other things. I have a feeling we're back to the same conversation about this uh, cultural artifacts like chair or letter. That is just we are at the beginning of this change and we will adjust to this technology, robots and this kind of artificial relationships. And I de really deep inside believe that we will go back to the path of actual more like perhaps less more more or less whatever we need but actual human to human relation more in person less with technology and i found it very interesting how you both mentioned actually three of you about how the how these are in an actual like century someone mentioned that it takes around a century to kind of adjust to the new thing. So maybe we're just like in what, 10 years of that? So we have like 19 interesting years to go on. Um, maybe one remark about um, humanity or what it is to be human because it was um, brought up many times and I think I cannot give an answer to this because probably everyone's definition is 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 different but um i think it it makes sense to think about this term human like what does it mean to be human and uh for me it means like many things obviously like um that that on one hand like us as humans we are curious we are explorative we're experimenting and i also think like we have to experiment with this new language that we have there and this new uh, system we have there uh, on the other hand, we are lazy, we are mean sometimes, or and and I think like this basic human, what a human can be, and how human consider themselves. I don't know if it will change, 
even if we have new language for it and even like in my opinion it also like for example the the like language of tinder or of dating apps also uh, influences my perception of a rela- of any relationship like i can think about it as a match i can think about what what does an algorithm mean uh, to my uh, way of interacting with the real life like if i know this concept so i think there is really like a lot of of interaction between um, like this, this new digital, like the, the digital world, and also the language and the concepts that are connected with it, and um, and and uh, like basic concept of humanity, which will maybe uh, not change so much, but technology can maybe um, strive to enhance certain qualities, like to trigger certain explorativeness or creativeness in humans in creating their relationships, um, and uh, yeah, but but also sometimes they make us more lazy or whatever <laughs> might be considered as disadvantages of being human. All right, I just wanted to uh, add to that and sort of connect to this point of, about technology and empathy. So what it means to be human and how technology can perhaps, or this idea that technology doesn't, uh, doesn't um, lead to more empathy but I will give sort of two personal examples. One, the general sense of when you are messaging with someone over WhatsApp or whatever, and there is a miscommunication. And because, I don't know, perhaps because I work in technology and I understand that software does weird things, when I ask someone, you got this message, and they're like, no, I didn't. I'm like, sure you did. I see the red receipt. I'm like, well, I don't have a red receipt. Or the timestamp is not the timestamp I have. Or there was an autocorrect. So now I have much more empathy for these communications because I'm aware that there are things in here that uh, change what I'm receiving or sending and that I sort of lump into that all the other just normal human things. So now everything gets a pass where it didn't before. In addition to certain interactions where if I were talking with someone and I was angry, I might respond immediately. But because there is, because I have the ability to like not be with them face to face and to take the time to respond when I want to, when I make the choice to respond later, um, I think that actually helps. That's one sort of general example. And then a more personal example is one where a friend and I had a falling out over a personal issue. It turns out that this friend and I listen to the same podcast that talks about people's personal issues. This podcast posted an image related to one episode on Instagram, on their Instagram account. She responded on this Instagram, just saying that she liked this episode, I saw her response and it sort of helped, like it reminded me that we had this thing that we still hadn't resolved and it became a way for me to message her to resolve this fight, what fight? A conflict that had like sort of grown and become this own other thing via a comment on Instagram about a podcast that sort of touched on a topic we'd had separately. So I do think there are ways for us to use this to create empathy and to be more human. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you for all those contributions. Just want to sort of, I think we're coming to the end of the session now. So I want to start to sort of sum up and say a few general things. Just want to come back to this concept of humanity, which I think is really important and summarizes lots of different things. It doesn't just summarize what we are as human beings, but also what we aspire to be, the sort of humans we want to be. Uh, our values and our desires and at the moment I think what I'm hearing uh, with the voices in the group is that there are lots of different conflicting views about whether this technology is good or bad 
and there are definite positive sides it. We've had some really positive stories, but also some very negative stories too. And it's really a mix and working out how we can chart a course which maximizes the good sides of this technology, uh, encourages them, facilitates them, and minimizes the bad ones. But we're definitely going to have both. Yes, I'd like to invite uh, everyone also um, to, to have a conclusion and like to think, are we on a, on a good way um, learning um, how to use technology? Because I think it's, it's about learning how to use technology, when to ban technology in a relationship, when, you, when to use technology as an enabler to, to have a more meaningful intimate way to, to connect um, are we on the way and how can we how can we learn that well then I'll, I'll get to your question to working in tech as well it's very easy to see how things um, are developing and it, I'll refer back to the five senses because I think that really also defines physically what we are as human beings it's it is becoming more and more possible to not just see the person and talk to the person that you're seeing but also touch the person that you're seeing in a very artificial manner i don't i wouldn't judge that as positive or negative i think it has its positive and negative uh, aspects but i really do not believe no matter what but that's my personal opinion in centuries down the line this will never replace being here and actually interacting there's there's something about the about the can't believe I would say this, but vibe. I mean, whatever that means is yes. That that still that still makes sense. Um, we are definitely learning. The question is, how much are we learning to our financial incentive versus how much are we learning to the to the better for all kind of things? I don't know. I just wanted to say about the vibe. I actually read the research about how babies learn to talk. So pretty much they were experimenting with small babies, uh, trying to expose them to Chinese or I think like in Great Britain. And they were either listening to the recording, a video of person talking or an actual contact with a person speaking Chinese. And between voice and the video, there was like very small difference in comprehending and then actually using the language. But the only difference it made was to be actually with the person speaking Chinese to the baby. So I think the vibe is very important. We don't know it yet, what is it, but there's something about it there. I think we had a great vibe within this group and it was a pleasure to meet you all in person while we are some kind using technology that enables us, us a great discussion and maybe we are able to also put that into our relationships that make them more meaningful. Thank you so much.